You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In today's program, Father Paul explains how the critical distinction between Elohim and Yahweh Elohim in the Old Testament informs our understanding of the title Kyrios as it is applied to Jesus in the New Testament. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. So nine out of the 12 instances which I referred to earlier, the Septuagint has simply Otheos instead of Kyrios Otheos for the original Yahweh Elohim. Meaning 11 times it has Kyrios Otheos, but nine times it has Otheos. Now for you as hearer, well they are speaking about the same person, then you conclude that Kyrios Otheos functions exactly as Otheos functions. Perhaps elsewhere in the Bible. I don't want to argue that. But in this text, you're missing the serpent's play on the mind of Eve to trip her. So the text of the Septuagint does not reflect, functionally speaking, the original. You can't explain Genesis 3 on the basis of the Septuagint. Unless you're a theologian, obviously. Because for a theologian, the text has always to make sense according to me. This is how you recognize the theologian. Always he follows. And this is what the fathers of the church did. I mean, you have no other way. You make a statement and you have to defend it. But listen to me, I didn't say that. You heard me telling you a few minutes earlier that I didn't say that on my earlier podcasts. Two examples I gave were I knew it, but I didn't want to belabor it. But the second time I told you I didn't notice it. Namely, this play on the serpent, on the Yahweh Elohim. That, my dear friends, should be honored and respected and learned from. That's how we do things. The phrase Yahweh Elohim means that the one referred to as Yahweh, because this is how he is introduced, He's not introduced in the text as Elohim Yahweh. He's Yahweh Elohim. And the Greek says Kyrios Otheos. That the one referred to as Yahweh is value-wise or functionally no less than the Elohim spoken of between Genesis 1.1 and 2.3. You see the difference. I didn't say it's the same person or one or whatever we like to say. But functionally, 
he has the same status or power of Elohim. And that will lead me to say, so when Yahweh, the Lord of the law, technically, as I mentioned in my book, but I revisit this, that he is related to the law, don't imagine that you can mess with him as a lesser god. Earlier you mentioned the Mormons. No, you do not. And it is on this basis that I hear the New Testament referring to Jesus as Kyrios. Let me plagiarize the words of Jesus. And whoever messes with me is messing with the Father. And people say, do you see the greatness of Jesus? No, that's not the point of Jesus. (laughs) The point of Jesus is messing with me. Remember his other statement. Every sin against the Son of Man shall be forgiven. But anything against the Spirit, which is the Spirit of God. And this is the hardest time I have with all my colleagues, Orthodox and non-Orthodox, when I am hearing the New Testament. That the message, I'm plagiarizing myself this time, do not mess with the old man. With his son now and then you can make a few jokes. (laughs) So long as the old man does not hear them. That's how you have to teach. And that should never be forgotten. And Jesus never forgot it. And in the most spiritual of Gospels, according to Orthodox theology, this is where people can stand me because I'm quoting the Gospel of John in which Jesus says that the Father is greater than I. But they have their answer already, obviously. He was playing the humble man. No. He was saying that the Father is greater than I. But to come back to my text, although value-wise or functionally, he has the same value as Elohim, yet the functional subject is Yahweh in this case, not Elohim. This dichotomy will be solved in Exodus 6, 1 through 3, when one hears the following, and I would like to finish with that, to invite you to realize how sometimes you have to wait until you have the solution. And very quickly, but Yahweh said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will send them out, Yea, with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. And Elohim said to Moses, I am Yahweh. It's the same, yes, yes, but Yahweh started speaking. Now Elohim said, I am Yahweh. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. El Shaddai. But by my name, the Lord I did not make myself known to them. This is very strange in the Bible because you heard Yahweh before. But how do you solve this? 
it's a relation between the two. Notice how after we are told that Yahweh was speaking to Moses in verse 1, it is Elohim who addresses him in verse 2. In order to introduce and underscore the other name Yahweh. It's like I introduce myself as a teacher and as a priest, if you like. The one would be the one who controls everything and the other is the one who deals with the law. This cannot be happenstance but intended. In other words, we have a similar scenario as in Genesis 1 through 3. Now the setting for the intervention of the deity in Exodus is the promulgation of the law as is clear in the parallel earlier in Exodus 3. All of you who know the Bible would see a parallelism between Exodus 3 and Exodus 6 where God or the Lord is appearing to Moses. In 3 we hear, But Moses said to Ha-Elohim, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you when you have brought forth the people out of Egypt. You shall serve Ta'abdun, God upon this mountain. You know, you shall serve. Then Moses said to Ha'Elohim, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, Elohim of your fathers has sent me to you. I eliminate the English, the God, because you assume it is Ha'Elohim. No, Elohim of your fathers has sent me to you. In 6 it becomes El Shaddai, because it's a reference to the patriarchs. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Elohim said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Elohim also said to Moses, notice the speaker, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh Elohim of your fathers. Fantastic. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Exodus 3, 1 through 15. It is clear then that the name Yahweh is linked to the mountain of the issuance of the law through which the Israelites will serve Abad that is become the Abadim of God. And I stressed enough this fact that through the law you are freed from the slavery of Egypt to become the slave of God. And notice the sudden out of the blue. You see, this is why the original text is important. And you can't teach scripture as you teach Sunday school and God appeared and said, that's what I'm going to be nice to you. No, you have out of the blue, check your Lisovsky. This Abad appears and disappears in verse 12. He said, but I will be with you and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. 
when you have brought forth the people out of Egypt notice the ta'abdun is in the plural this is what you say to the people you people shall serve God upon this mountain notice you shall serve God upon this mountain which is the mountain of the law okay in Leviticus you have the famous text just to settle the issue of Abad and servants Leviticus 25.55 for to me the people of Israel are servants they are my servants whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt I am the Lord your God let's hear it in Hebrew and then in English again Hebraized. he says Ki li, because for me, Bnei Israel, the sons of Israel, Abadim, slaves, Abadai hem, my slaves there are. Asher, Hotsiti or Hositi Otam, whom I brought forth, Meeres Misrain from the land of Misra, Ani. Yahweh Elohim it is phenomenal notice how if you're honest you say Yahweh Elohim okay let's wait as Augustine used to say and Chrysostom wait but they fooled you they said wait a little bit but in scripture you have to wait long sometimes but notice how I brought these texts from Exodus 3.6 and then Leviticus with the help of the concordance but at the beginning people didn't have concordance and I'll end with an example that I shared several times from Archbishop Trakatelis notice how Genesis 2.3 is conceived against this background of the issuance of the law and thus looks ahead to it meaning that the authors were planting in you vocabulary to start speaking let me go back to the example I gave earlier regarding the abstract the abstract I mean a good abstract has in it the basic terminology you're going to discuss otherwise I mean you know you wrote papers otherwise doesn't make sense how could the other guess what you're going to do and decide whether he's going to accept your paper as presentation and Rakatellis shared with me and I like these stories you know David Drug and Rakatellis and so on when I visited him the last time before I retired and left for North Carolina said to me Father Paul I think of you often and it reminds me of this class I had at Harvard during my PhD years with this Jewish teacher in the class we had obviously in Harvard everybody was A plus but he said in my class we had a Roman Catholic priest who was way ahead of all of us now coming from Tracatellis it tells you 
And the professor asked, where do we find this term or phrase, whatever it was? Somewhere else, very important. And nobody said anything, but this Catholic priest said, I'll check in the concordance. And Tracatellis continued. And the professor, he reminds me of you, slammed his forehead and said, No! You have to know where it is. Friends, I'm quoting. Now, obviously, this is a challenge to invite you to hear scripture. Anyway, I think all these things come together. And I hope you, my hearers, are appreciating the value of my teaching methodology-wise, not content-wise. Remember, I don't like contents. I like functions. Okay. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.